Our part and God's part. Our part and God's part. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses, I'm starting in verse 1. <clears throat> starting in verse 1, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give unto thee, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. God, we have placed this church in your hand and your care many times before. And again this morning, God, I'm just reminding you, this is your church. This is not my church. This isn't Peter's church. This isn't Terry's church. This is your church. We are establishing a point for your ministry here in this city to do your work here. In Jesus' name, amen. God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1.1, one of my favorite scriptures, because it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God started this all with his plan, with his blueprint. And it has only been by man's failings that we've messed it up. God has a perfect plan. Man has an imperfect plan. God leads from a position of perfection. Man makes mistakes in his humanity. And when we look at the story of Joshua here, God is reconfirming a plan to Joshua. He's telling Joshua that every land that you place the sole of your foot in verse 3, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I've given unto you, as I said unto Moses. This promise started with Abraham. God told Abraham because of the relationship he had with Abraham, that everywhere that Abraham went, everywhere that Abraham placed his foot, that God would bless that land, that land would be Abraham's land. As we understand that, that the children of Israel are descendants of Jacob, who is a descendant of Isaac, who is a descendant of Abraham. That all of this land, that this promise is continuing now into Joshua, and God makes this promise to Joshua that everywhere Joshua walks, God will bless that land. Everywhere Joshua walks, that land will be his. But that's God's plan. God made a promise, it was God's plan, and he needed man to play his part. When you look at the story of Moses, when God approached Moses in that burning bush, he told Moses, you go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. You go to Pharaoh and you demand the deliverance of my people. And Moses tells God, I don't speak eloquently. And that's my translation of what Moses said. But Moses said, I don't have the words to say. I don't know how to do it. I can't do it. And God's response was, I will give you the strength. I'm going to do it through you. 
We have to just show up and we have to do our part. God gives us a burden. God tells us where to go. God tells us what to do. And when we respond and we do the work of God, then God is able to fill in our gap. You look at the story of David. David went out into went out to that valley and he sees the towering giant of Goliath. And Goliath is cursing God's people. Goliath is cursing God or David's God. Goliath is cursing the one that David has been writing songs of praise to all of these years. And David rises up and says, we're not doing that. I'm going to go out there and fight. And the world offers David help. They offer David some armor. They say, why don't you put on our tools? Why don't you use King Saul's armor? And David said, that's not the armor I fight with. He said, I'm going out there with the tools that I've trained with. I'm going out there with God's plan and me and God, we're going to fix this. And David responded to the calling of God, went out there and approached the giant. Was he intimidated? I don't know. The Bible doesn't give us a lot of clarity on that. But I do know that David did the work. David went out there and responded. David did his part. And when David approached that giant with his slingshot, he wound that up and he sent that stone sailing. And he rocked the giant to sleep, some might say. He clocked that giant in the head with that stone. David did his part. David showed up and used the tools that God had given him. David showed up and used the training that he had. He came and said, God, this is all I have to offer, but you have to do the work. The story of the young man with five loaves and two fishes in the New Testament. Jesus is teaching to the thousands, and his disciples said, we, should, we ought to feed the crowd. They're getting hungry. And this little boy offered Jesus all that he had, five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took those five loaves and those two fish, and he broke them. And after everybody had eaten, there was more left over than what they started with. When we can take what we have and place it in God's hands, he can multiply it. When we take our humble offerings to God and say, God, I'm going to do my part. God, I'm bringing you everything I can bring, and it's going to be up to you to prosper it. He can do it. But when we hold it back, then God can't use it. When we don't offer it all to God, he cannot multiply it. When we don't show up to do our part, you can look at that and say, who, who am I? Why am I of any significance to this? I've got five loaves and two fish. How is Jesus going to feed a crowd with that? I have nothing to offer. And whatever the case may be, that offering was offered unto God and he was able to use it. That offering to Jesus and he broke the bread and he fed the thousands. And that brings me to the story of Joshua. Because Joshua, God told Joshua to cross over the Jordan River. And when you look at Bible geography, you see that, that when you cross the Jordan, there's a break in the mountains. There's a mountain range all the way up the side of Jordan. You've got the wilderness, you've got a mountain range, and you've got, you've got a, a path through the mountains. And you cross through that path, and I don't remember exactly which side of the Jordan it was on, maybe it was both sides. But when you get through the mountains and you get across the Jordan, directly on the other side of Jordan, 
or the other side of the Jordan, is a city by the name of Jericho. Jericho controlled the port of entry to and from one side of the river to the other. Everything that came through there went through Jericho. So this was the first place that Joshua and the Israelites encountered as they're coming out of the wilderness because it was the first city they came to. And so God tells Joshua that this land has been promised unto you. Go take it. Everywhere you put your step, that I have given to you. From the wilderness, it's in verse 4, it says, From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. So it's basically the entire Middle East. If you want to go from the river Euphrates to the great sea, which is the Mediterranean, everything from there to there is yours. There shall not any man be able to stand before you. Church, when God is with us, nobody can stand against us. There shall no man be able to stand before you thee in all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. In verse 6, he says, Be strong and of good courage. Joshua was human. In his humanity, he had doubts, he had fears, but God told him to be strong and to be of good courage, to hold his courage, to be courageous, because God had a plan that was bigger than Joshua. God wanted to work, but he needed Joshua to take that step of faith. He needed Joshua to step out. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto thy fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. There it is again. He makes that promise and reminds Joshua, you've got to be strong and you've got to be courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it. So we've got to stay aligned with God's principles, stay aligned with God's plan, stay aligned with God's law, and God can prosper. Turn not right to the right hand, to the left, thou mayest prosper with whosoever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. If you want God to prosper the things in your life, if you want God to give you strength to overcome the things in your life, you have to continue learning more about him. You have to continue studying his word, continue studying his law, that God would do the work, that God can work through you by you understanding who he is. When we start aligning ourselves with what God wants to do, he does the work. When we feel like our prayers aren't being answered, the Bible says it's because we're praying amiss. We're not praying prayers that are aligned with what God wants to do. It can be a simple mistake. I've, I've heard the story of a woman that prayed many times, Lord, bless my husband that he would see how great you are, that he would come to faith. Lord, pour out, his bless, pour out your blessings on him. I want him to come back to you. And her husband gets more and more and more blessed and more and more invested in his job and hardened, hardens heart towards God. But one day, she just prayed, God, do whatever it takes to get his attention. And he lost everything. And when he hit rock bottom, that was when he turned to God. When we pray, we have to pray in alignment with God's word. We have to pray 
with the direction of God wants to do. I see people in conflict sometimes and they're praying that God will resolve the conflict. Well, God's giving you instruction, his word on how to respond and that will resolve the conflict. When you align yourself with God, it starts to make the rest of life line up. So what God's telling Joshua here is, I will deliver the land unto you, but you have to do it my way. We can have God's blessings in our life. We can have God's fruit in our life. God will multiply what he wants to do and, and, and grow us and prosper us. His plans for us are not failure. His plans for us are success. But we have to align ourselves to what he wants us to do. And the first thing you're going to see that he tells us to do is to sacrifice ourselves to him. When you look at the commandments as they're summarized in the New Testament, to love God and love people. Everything we do in life has to be out of our love for God and our love for people. Because we have to do everything as a worship unto our God. And we have to do everything as a glorification and respect unto his creation. But as we continue in the book of Joshua in verse 8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. When you have downtime, it's okay. You're not crazy to just crack open your Bible and read a couple scriptures. Take a minute and pray. Take a minute and think about that scripture. There's a lot of things this world wants us to think on, but God wants us to think on his word, wants us to think on his plan. Meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So we're to strive to live a life that is 100% lined with Scripture. For then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And the third time God says to Joshua, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. We can walk with confidence when we're aligned with God. My favorite scripture in the Bible, 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't have to be ashamed when you've studied and know what you're talking about. When we study the scripture, it builds our confidence in knowing what we're talking about. But the other thing that I see coming out of the scripture, or just aligns with all of that, is he's saying, Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, and be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Sometimes we walk into situations that look very intimidating. If you think about walking, into, walking up to Goliath and you see this nine-foot giant, that is intimidating. But it changes the entire intimidation when you see Goliath in his nine-foot, but you know that standing right next to you, standing behind you, backing you up, is the God and the creator of the universe. You can approach a bully at school when you know the principal is standing right there. You can go to confront a scary situation when you know that you're not alone. And what God was, was, was 
conveying to Joshua is you can be strong and you can be of good courage and you don't have to be dis- be afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord is with you whithersoever thou goest. But in context, he's with us when we stay aligned with him. When we go where God's going, he's always with us. When we do things God's way and we're always where God wants to be and wants us to be, he's with us. And when we stay aligned there, we don't have anything to be afraid of. We don't ever have to be discouraged. When we're feeling discouraged, it either means we're out of God's will or the devil's playing mind games with us. But when we're aligned with God's will, we don't have to be discouraged because he's going to do the work. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan and go in to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess it. As the story of Joshua continues, they go to Jericho. And Joshua and his untrained band of individuals, having spent 40 years in the wilderness, they had never gone to war. They weren't trained with the weapons of war. They didn't have swords. They didn't have spears. They didn't have strategy. They never had to fight in a battle before. But they showed up to do their part and to let God do his part. And all they did was march around the city. And as they marched around that city, because that's what they knew how to do. They knew how to walk. They've been walking for 40 years in the wilderness, wandering around. They knew how to walk. That's anything they knew how to do. They knew how to walk. They marched around the city one time on the one day. They marched around the city twice on the, or one time on the second day. On the third day. On the fourth day. On the fifth day, on the sixth day, on the seventh day, they march around seven times. And they ended with a scream and a hoot and a holler and a worship to their God. They were not looking at how small and capable they were, but they put their trust in God. They showed up and did what they knew to do and let God do the rest. We have to let God do his part. We can show up and do our part and we've got to let God do his part, but we can't be discouraged when God is calling us out to do our part. You don't look at the tools that God's giving you and say, God, this isn't adequate to do the work. Because if we could do it by our might, In our humanity and arrogance, we would take credit for it. If we could look back at what God has done and say, look what I did. On our human arrogance, we would take credit for what God's done. The story of Joseph walking, or the story of Joshua marching around Jericho is cool and memorable and noteworthy. Not because Joshua was a great leader, but because the only explanation for what happened was God's hand. You look at the story of Gideon hiding in the wine press, 
fearing for what the, what the Midianites were going to do. And the reason the story of Gideon is so cool is not because Gideon organized an army to go knock out the Midianites, but it's because the only explanation for what happened was God's mighty hand. The story of David is so exceptional, not because we look at it and go, wow, look what David did, but you hear the story of David and you say the only explanation for what happened is God's power. The story of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again. The reason that story is so cool is because the only explanation is the supernatural power of the creator of the universe. Stories that are noteworthy are not the ones that are easy to explain. And if we want to have God's hand in our city and we want to see God do the work here, we just have to show up and do our part. We just have to show up and say, okay, God, this is what I have to offer. Okay, God, this is all I can do for you. You know, God, I'm limited, but I'm going to do everything I know to do and you have to do the rest. God, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do my part and then you are going to do your part. And at the end of the day, it's all God's plan. If things don't go our way, we have to yield and say, okay, God, I'm not trying to do things my way anyway. We have to yield our will to him and say, okay, God, you can have your way. Okay, God, you can have your plan. Because life doesn't always go our way. So let's take some time this morning to pray. Let's ask God what's in our life, what's in our hearts that we can give to him. What's in our life, what's in our, what is in our tool belt? What tools has he given us that we can use? That we can just show up and do our part. And we don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be dismayed. We don't have to be afraid. Because at the end of the day, it's God's doing. It's God that's going to do it. If we see a path forward, then we're not looking big enough. Because what God wants to do is the unexplainable. God wants to flex his mighty hand, but we have to pull ourselves out of the equation. We have to let God do his part. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. God, I thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives. God, continue having your hand upon this church. Lord, continue having your way. God, we're yielding to your perfect plan. Lord, I want you to show, I'm asking that you show each and every one of us what we can do for you. In Jesus' 